Even so it is here, we are all condemned by nature. If we close not in with the grace of God by Jesus Christ, we must and shall be destroyed with the same destruction. And therefore, send him, saith he, lest, mark, lest they come into this place of torment. Again, send him to my father's house, and let him testify to them, lest they come into this place of torment. As if he had said, it may be he may prevail with them. It may be he may win upon them, and so they may be kept from hence, from coming into this grievous place of torment. Observe again that there is a possibility of obtaining mercy, if now, I say, now, in this day of grace, we turn from our sins to Jesus Christ. Yea, it is more than possible. And therefore, for thy encouragement, do thou know for certain, that if thou shalt in this thy day accept of mercy upon God's own terms, and close with him effectually, God hath promised, yea, made many promises, that thy soul shalt be conducted safe to glory, and shall for certain escape all the evils that I have told thee of, I and many more than I can imagine. Do but search the scriptures and see how full of consolation they are to a poor soul that is minded to close in with Jesus Christ. Him that cometh to me, saith Christ, I will in no wise cast out, though he be an old sinner, I will in no wise cast him out. Mark, in no wise, though he be a great sinner, I will in no wise cast him out if he comes unto me. Though he has slighted me ever so many times, and not regarded the welfare of his own soul, yet let him come now unto me, and notwithstanding this, I will in no wise cast him out, nor throw away his soul. John 6.37 Again saith the Apostle, Now, Mark, Now is the accepted time, now is the day of salvation. Now here is mercy and good store, now God's heart is open to sinners, now he will make you welcome, now he will receive anybody if they do but come to Christ. He that cometh to me, saith Christ, I will in no wise cast out. And why? Because now is the accepted time, now is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 As if the apostle had said, If you will have mercy, have it now, receive it now, close in with it now. God hath a certain day to hold out his grace to sinners. Now is the time, now is the day. It is true there is a day of damnation, but this is the day of salvation. There is a day coming wherein sinners must cry to the mountains to fall on them, to the hills to cover them from the wrath of God. But now, now is the day in which he doth hold out his grace. There is a day coming in which you will not be admitted to have the privilege of one drop of water to cool your tongue. If now I say, if now you slight his grace and goodness which he holds out to you. Ah, friends, consider there are now hopes of mercy, but then there will not be. Now Christ holds forth mercy unto you, but then he will not. Matthew 7.23 Now there are his servants that beseech you to accept of his grace. But if thou lose the opportunity that is put into thine hand, thou thyself mayest beseech hereafter, and no mercy be given thee. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. And there was none given. Therefore let it never be said of thee, as it will be said of some, Why is there a price put into the hand of a fool, seeing he hath no heart to it? 
seeing he hath no heart to make a good use of it. Proverbs 17, verse 16 Consider therefore with thyself and say, It is better going to heaven than to hell. It is better to be saved than damned. It is better to be with saints than with the damned souls. And to go to God is better than to go to the devil. Therefore seek the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. Isaiah 55, 6 Lest in thy trouble he leave thee to thyself, and say unto thee plainly, Where I am, thither ye cannot come. Oh, if they that are in hell might but now again have one such invitation as this, how would they leap for joy? I have thought sometimes, should God send but one of his ministers to the damned in hell and give him commission to preach the free love of God in Christ extended to them and held out to them, if now while it is proffered to them, they will accept of his kindness. Oh, how welcome would they make his news and close in with it on any terms. Certainly they would say, We will accept of grace on any terms in the world. And thank you too, though it cost life and limbs to boot, we will spare no cost nor charge if mercy may be had. But poor souls, while they live here, they will not part from sin, from hell-bred, devilish sin. No, they will rather lose their souls than lose their filthy sins. But friend, thou wilt change thy note before it be long, and cry, O simple wretch that I am, that I should damn my soul by sin. It is true I have had the gospel preached to me and have been invited in. I have been preached to and have been warned of this. But how have I hated instruction and my heart despised reproof and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined mine ear to them that instructed me. Proverbs 5, verses 12 and 13 O therefore I say, poor soul, is there now hope? Then lay thy hand upon thy mouth and kiss the dust and close in with the Lord Jesus Christ and make much of his glorious mercy and invite also thy companions to close in with the same Lord Jesus Christ lest one of you do go to hell beforehand and expect with grief of heart your companions to come after and in the meantime with anguish of heart do sigh and say O send him to my companions and let him testify to them lest they also come into this place of torment. Now then, from what hath been said, there might many things be spoken by way of use and application, but I shall be very brief, and but touch some things, and so wind up. And first, I shall begin with the sad condition of those that die out of Christ, and speak something to that. You see, therefore, that the whole of this first part of the parable contains a sad declaration of the state of one living and dying out of Christ. 1. How that they lose heaven for hell, God for the devil, light for darkness, joy for sorrow. 2. How that they have not so much as the least comfort from God, who in the time they live here below, neglect coming to him for mercy, not so much as one drop of cold water. 3. That such fools will repent of their folly, when repentance will do them no good, or when they shall be past recovery. 4. That all the comfort such souls are likely to have, they have now in this world. 5. That all their groanings and sighs will not move God to mitigate, in the least, His heavy hand of vengeance that is upon them, for the transgressions they have committed against Him. 6. That their sad state is irrecoverable. For mark, they must never, 
never come out of that condition. 7. Their desires will not be heard for their ungodly neighbors. From these things, then, I pray you, first consider the state of those who die out of Christ Jesus. Yea, I say, consider their miserable state, and think thus with thyself. Well, if I neglect coming to Christ, I must go to the devil, and he will not neglect to fetch me away into those intolerable torments. 1. Think thus with thyself. What? Shall I lose a long heaven for short pleasure? Shall I buy the pleasure of this world at so dear a rate as to lose my soul for the obtaining of that? Shall I content myself with a heaven that will last no longer than my lifetime? What advantage will this be to me when the Lord shall separate soul and body asunder and send one to the grave, the other to hell, and at the judgment day the final sentence of eternal ruin must be passed upon me? 2. Consider that the profits, pleasures, and vanities of this world will not last forever, but the time is coming, yea, is just at the door, when they will give thee the slip, and leave thee in the suds and in the brambles of all that thou hast done. And therefore, to prevent this thy dismal state, think thus with thyself. It is true I love my sins, my lusts, and pleasures, but what good will they do me at the day of judgment and of death? Will my sins do me good then? Will they be able to help me when I come to fetch my last breath? What good will my prophets do me? And what good will my vanities do when death says he will have no nay? What good will all my companions, fellow jesters, jeers, liars, drunkards, and all my wantons do me? Will they help to ease the pains of hell? Will these help to turn the hand of God from inflicting his fierce anger upon me? Nay, will they not rather cause God to show me no mercy, to give me no comfort, but rather to thrust me down into the hottest place of hell, where I may swim in fire and brimstone? 3. Consider thus with thyself. Would I be glad to have all, every one of my sins, to come in against me, to inflame the justice of God against me? Would I be glad to be bound up in them, as the three children were bound in their clothes, and to be as really thrown into the fiery furnace of the wrath of Almighty God as they were into Nebuchadnezzar's fiery furnace. 4. Consider thus. Would I be glad to have all and every one of the Ten Commandments to discharge themselves against my soul? The first saying, Damn him, for he hath broken me. The second saying, Damn him, for he hath broken me. And so on to the end. Consider how terrible this will be, Yea, more terrible than if thou shouldst have ten of the biggest pieces of ordnance in England to be discharged against thy body. Thunder, thunder, one after another. Nay, this would not be comparable to the reports that the law, for the breach thereof, will give against thy soul. For those can but kill the body, but these will kill both body and soul, and that not for an hour, a day, a month, or a year, but they will condemn thee forever. Mark, it is forever, forever. It is into everlasting damnation, eternal destruction, eternal wrath and displeasure from God, eternal gnawings of conscience, eternal continuance with devils. Oh, consider. It may be the thought of seeing the devil doth now make thine hair to stand right up on thine head. Oh, but this, to be damned, to be among all the devils, and that not only for a time, as I have said before, but forever to all eternity. 
This is to be so wonderfully miserable, ever miserable, that no tongue of man, no nor of angels, is able to express it. 5. Consider much with thyself. Not only my sins against the law will be laid to my charge, but also the sins I have committed in slighting the gospel, the glorious gospel. These also must come with a voice against me. As thus, Nay, he is worthy to be damned, for he rejected the gospel. He slighted the free grace of God tendered in the gospel. How many times wast thou, lost wretch, invited, entreated, beseeched, to come to Christ, to accept of mercy that thou mightest have heaven, thy sins pardoned, thy soul saved, thy body and soul glorified, and all this for nothing but the acceptance, and through faith forsaking those imps of Satan, which by their embracements have drawn thee down toward the gulf of God's eternal displeasure. How often didst thou read the promises, yea, the free promises of the common salvation! How oft didst thou read the sweet counsels and admonitions of the gospel to accept of the grace of God? But thou wouldst not, thou regardest it not, thou didst slight all. Again, that which will add to all the rest, thou shalt have the very mercy of God, the blood of Christ, the preachers of the word, together with every sermon, all the promises, invitations, exhortations, and all the counsels and threatenings of the blessed word of God. Thou shalt have all thy thoughts, words, and actions, together with all thy food, thy raiment, thy sleep, thy goods, and also all hours, days, weeks, months, and years, together with whatsoever else God hath given thee. I say thy abuse of all these shall come up in judgment against thy soul. For God will reckon with thee for everything, whether it be good or bad. Ecclesiastes 12.14 Nay, further, it is so unreasonable a thing for a sinner to refuse the gospel that the very devils themselves will come in against thee, as well as Sodom, that damned crew. May not they, I say, come in against thee and say, O thou simple man, O vile wretch, that had not so much care of thy soul, thy precious soul, as the beast hath of its young, or the dog of the very bone that lieth before him. Was thy soul worth so much, and didst thou so little regard it? Were the thunder claps of the law so terrible, and didst thou so slight them? Besides, was the gospel so freely, so frequently, so fully tendered to thee, and yet hast thou rejected all these things? Hast thou valued sin at a higher rate than thy soul, than God, Christ, angels, saints, and communion with them in eternal blessedness and glory? Wast thou not told of hell-fire, those intolerable flames? Didst thou never hear of those intolerable roarings of the damned ones that are therein? Didst thou never hear or read that doleful saying in the sixteenth of Luke, how the sinful man cries out among the flames, one drop of water to cool my tongue. Thus I say, may the very devils, being ready to go with thee into the burning furnace of fire and brimstone, though not for sins of so high a nature as thine, trembling say, O oh, that Christ had died for devils, as he did for man. And O oh, that the gospel had been preached to us, as it hath been to thee. How would we have labored to have closed in with it? But woe be to us, for we might never have it proffered, no, not in the least, though we would have been glad of it. But you, you have had it proffered, preached, and proclaimed unto you. 
Proverbs 8, verse 4. Besides, you have been entreated and beseeched to accept it, but you would not. O simple fools, that might have escaped wrath, vengeance, hellfire, and that to all eternity, and yet had no heart to do it. May not the messengers of Jesus Christ also come in with a shrill and terrible note against thy soul when thou standest at the bar of God's justice, saying, Nay, thou ungodly one, how often hast thou been forewarned of this day? Did not we sound an alarm in thine ears by the trumpet of God's word day after day? How often did thou hear us tell thee of these things? Did not we tell thee sin would damn thy soul? Did we not tell thee that without conversion there was no salvation? Did we not tell thee that they who love their sins should be damned at this dark and gloomy day as thou art like to be? Yea, did we not tell thee that God, out of his love to sinners, sent Christ to die for them, that they might by coming to him be saved? Did we not tell thee of these things? Did we not run, ride, labor, and strive abundantly, if it might have been, for thy soul, though now a damned soul? Did we not venture our goods, our names, our lives? Yea, did we not even kill ourselves with our earnest entreaties of thee to consider thy state, and by Christ to escape this dreadful day? O sad doom, when thou shalt be forced, full sore against thy will, to fall under the truth of this judgment, saying, O how have I hated instruction, and how hath my heart despised reproof! For indeed I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined mine ear to them that instructed me. Proverbs 5, verses 12 and 13 May not thy father, thy mother, thy brother, thy sister, thy friend, etc., appear with gladness against thee at the terrible day, saying, O thou silly wretch, how rightly hath God met with thee! O how righteously doth his sentence pass upon thee! Remember thou wouldst not be ruled, nor persuaded in thy lifetime. As thou didst not care for us and our admonitions then, so neither do we care for thy ruin, terror, and damnation now. No, but we will stand on God's side in sentencing thee to that portion which the devils must be partakers of. The righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance. He shall wash his foot in the blood of the wicked. Psalm 58, verse 10 O sad, it is enough to make mountains tremble and rocks rend in pieces to hear this doleful sound. Consider these things, and if thou wouldst be loath to be in this condition, then have a care of living in sin now. How loath wilt thou be to be thrust away from the gates of heaven, and how loath wilt thou be to be deprived of the mercy of God? How unwillingly wilt thou set foot forward towards the lake of fire? Never did malefactor so unwillingly turn off the ladder when the halter was about his neck, as thou wilt turn from God to the devil, from heaven to hell, when the sentence is passed upon thy soul. O how wilt thou sigh and groan! How willingly wouldst thou hide thyself and run away from justice! But alas, as it is with them that are on the ladder ready to be executed, so it will be with thee. They would fain run away, but there are many halbert men to stay them, and so the angels of God will beset thee round, I say round on every side, so that thou mayest indeed look, but run thou canst not. Thou mayest wish thyself under some rock or mountain, Revelation 6, verses 15 and 16, but how to get under 
thou knowest not. O how unwillingly wilt thou be to let thy father go to heaven without thee, to let thy mother or friends go to heaven without thee. How willingly wouldst thou hang on them and not let them go. O father, cannot you help me? Mother, cannot you do me some good? O how loath am I to burn and fry in hell while you are singing in heaven. But alas, the father, mother, or friends reject them, slight them, and turn their backs upon them, saying, You would have none of heaven in your lifetime, therefore you shall have none of it now. You slighted our counsels then, and we slight your tears, cries, and condition now. What sayest thou, sinner? Will not this persuade thine heart, or make thee bethink thyself? That is now, before thou fallest into that dreadful place, the fiery furnace. But, O consider how dreadful the place itself, the devils themselves, the fire itself will be. And this at the end of all, here thou must lie forever. Here thou must fry forever and forever. This will be more to thee than any man with tongue can express or with pen can write. There is none, I say, that can, by the ten thousandth part, discover the miserable state and condition of such a soul. Secondly, as I would have thee to consider the sad and woeful state of those that die out of Christ and are past all recovery, so I would have thee consider the many mercies and privileges thou enjoyest above some fair adventure of thy companions that are departed to their proper place. As, one, consider thou hast still the thread of thy life lengthened, which for thy sins might seven years ago or more have been cut asunder, and thou hast dropped down among the flames. 2. Consider the terms of reconciliation by faith in Christ are still proffered unto thee, and thou invited, yea, entreated to accept of them. 3. Consider the terms of reconciliation are but, bear with me though I say, but only to believe in Jesus Christ, with faith that purifies the heart and enables thy soul to feed on him effectually and be saved from this sad state. 4. Consider the time of thy departure is at hand, and the time is uncertain, and also that for aught thou knowest, the day of grace may be passed to thee before thou diest, not lasting so long as thy uncertain life in this world. And if so, then know for certain that thou art as sure to be damned as if thou wast in hell already, if thou convert not in the meanwhile. 5. Consider it may be some of thy friends are giving all diligence to make thy calling and election sure, being resolved for heaven, and thou thyself endeavorest as fast to make sure of hell, as if resolved to have it. And together with this, consider how it will grieve thee that while thou wast making sure of hell, thy friends were making sure of heaven. But more of this by and by. 6. Consider what a sad reflection this will have on thy soul, to see thy friends in heaven and thyself in hell, thy father in heaven and thou in hell, thy mother in heaven and thou in hell, thy brother, thy sister, thy children in heaven and thou in hell. As Christ said to the Jews of their relations according to the flesh, so may I say to thee concerning thy friends, there shall be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth when you shall see your fathers and mothers, brethren and sisters, husbands and wives, children and kinsfolk, with your friends and neighbors in the kingdom of heaven, and thou thyself thrust out. Luke 13, verses 28 and 29. 
But again, thirdly, because I would not only tell thee of the damnable state of those that die out of Christ, but also persuade thee to take hold of life and to go to heaven, take notice of these following things. 1. Consider that whatever thou canst do, as to thy acceptance with God, is not worth the dirt of thy shoes, but is all as menstruous rags. Isaiah 64, verse 6 2. Consider that all the conditions of the new covenant, as to salvation, are and have been completely fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ, and that for sinners. Hebrews 8, verse 6 3. Consider that the Lord calls to thee to receive whatsoever Christ hath done, and that on free cost. Revelation 22, verse 17 4. Consider that thou canst not honor God more than to close in with his proffers of grace, mercy, and pardon of sin. Romans chapter 4 I shall conclude this head, then, with a few considerations of encouragement. Consider, for I would fain have thee come in, sinner, that there is a way made by Jesus Christ for them that are under the curse of God to come to this comfortable and blessed state of Lazarus I was speaking of. Ephesians 2 Consider what pains Christ Jesus took for the ransoming of thy soul from all the curses, thunderclaps, and tempests of the law, from all the intolerable flames of hell, from that soul-sinking appearance of thy person on the left hand before the judgment seat of Christ Jesus, from everlasting fellowship with innumerable companies of yelling and soul-amazing devils. I say, consider what pains the Lord Jesus Christ took in bringing in redemption for sinners, from these things, in that though he was rich, yet he became poor, that thou through his poverty might be made rich. Second Corinthians 8 verse 9 He laid aside his glory and became a servant. John 17 and Philippians 2 He left the company of angels and encountered with the devil. Luke chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 4 He left heaven's ease for a time to lie upon hard mountains, John chapter 8. In a word, he became poorer than those that go with flail and rake, yea, than the very birds or foxes, and all to do thee good. Besides, consider a little those unspeakable and intolerable slightings and rejections, and the manifold abuses that came from men upon him, how he was falsely accused, being a sweet, harmless, and undefiled lamb, how he was undervalued, so that a murderer was counted less worthy of condemnation than he. Besides, how they mock him, spit on him, beat him over the head with staves, and pluck the hair from his cheeks. I gave my back to the smiter, saith he, and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. Think of his head crowned with thorns, his hands pierced with nails, and his side with a spear together with how they that scourged him and so miserably misused him, that they had even spent him in a great measure before they did crucify him, insomuch that there was another fane to carry his cross. Again, not only all this, but lay to heart a little what he received from God his dear Father, though he was his dear and tender son. First, in that he did deal with him as the greatest sinner and rebel in the world, for he laid the sins of thousands and ten thousands and thousands of thousands of sinners to his charge, Isaiah 53, and caused him to drink the terrible cup that was due to them all, 
and not only so, but did delight in so doing, for it pleased the Lord to bruise him. God dealt indeed with his son as Abraham would have dealt with Isaac, I and more terrible than ten thousand parts, for he did not only tear his body like a lion, but made his soul an offering for sin. And this was not done feignedly, but really, for justice called for it, he standing in the room of sinners. Witness that horrible and unspeakable agony that fell on him suddenly in the garden, as if all the vials of God's unspeakable scalding vengeance had been cast upon him all at once, and all the devils in hell had broken loose from thence at once to destroy him, and that forever, insomuch that the very pangs of death ceased upon him in the same hour. For saith he, My soul is amazed and exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Mark chapter 14, verses 33 and 34. Witness also that strange kind of sweat that trickled down his most blessed face, where it is said, He sweat, as it were great drops or clotters of blood, trickling down to the ground. O Lord Jesus, what a load did thou carry! What a burden did thou bear of the sins of the world and the wrath of God! As thou didst not only bleed at nose and mouth with the pressure that lay upon thee, but thou wast so pressed, so loaden, that the pure blood gushed through the flesh and skin, and so ran trickling down to the ground. And his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood, trickling or falling down to the ground. Luke chapter 22, verse 44. Canst thou read this, O thou wicked sinner, and yet go on in sin? Canst thou think of this and defer repentance one hour longer? O heart of flint, yea, harder! O miserable wretch, what place in hell will be hot enough for thee to have thy soul put into, if thou shalt persist or go on still to add iniquity to iniquity? Besides, his soul went down to hell. Psalm chapter 16, verse 10 and Acts chapter 2, verse 31, and his body to the bars of the grave, and had hell, death, or the grave been strong enough to hold to him, then he had suffered the vengeance of eternal fire to all eternity. But, O blessed Jesus, how didst thou discover thy love to man in thus thy suffering? And, O God the Father, how didst thou also declare the purity and exactness of thy justice, in that though it was thine only, holy, innocent, harmless and undefiled Son Jesus, that did take on him our nature and represent our persons, answering for our sins instead of ourselves, thou didst so wonderfully pour out thy wrath upon him, to the making of him cry out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And, O Lord Jesus, what a glorious conquest hast thou made over the enemies of our souls, even wrath, sin, death, hell, and devils, in that thou didst wring thyself from under the power of them all. And not only so, but hast led them captive, which would have led us captive. And also hast received for us that glorious and unspeakable inheritance, that eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man to conceive. And also hast given us some discovery thereof through thy Spirit. And now, sinner, together with this consider fourthly, that though Jesus Christ hath done all these things for sinners, yet the devils make it their whole work and continual study how they may keep thee and others from enjoying these blessed privileges that have been thus obtained for sinners by this sweet Jesus. Satan labors, I say, one, 
to keep thee ignorant of thy state by nature. 2. To harden thy heart against the ways of God. 3. To inflame thy heart with love to sin and the ways of darkness. And 4. To get thee to continue therein. For that is the way he knows to get thee to be partaker with him of flaming hellfire, even the same which he himself is fallen into, together with the rest of the wicked world by reason of sin. Look to it, therefore. Fifthly, but now in the next place a word of encouragement to you that are the saints of the Lord. 1. Consider what a happy state thou art in, that hast gotten the faith of the Lord Jesus into thy soul. But be sure thou have it, I say, how safe, how sure, how happy art thou. For when others go to hell, thou must go to heaven. When others go to the devil, thou must go to God. When others go to prison, thou must be set at liberty, at ease, and at freedom. When others must roar for sorrow of heart, then thou shalt also sing for the joy of heart. 2. Consider thou must have all thy well-spent life to follow thee, instead of all thy sins, and the glorious blessings of the gospel, instead of the dreadful curses and condemnations of the law, the blessing of the Father, instead of a fiery sentence from the judge. 3. Let dissolution come when it will, it can do thee no harm, for it will be but only a passage out of a prison into a palace, out of a sea of troubles into a haven of rest out of a crowd of enemies, into an innumerable company of true, loving, and faithful friends, out of shame, reproach, and contempt, into exceeding great and eternal glory. For death shall not hurt thee with his sting, nor bite thee with his soul-murdering teeth, but shall be a welcome guest to thee, even to thy soul, in that it is sent to free thee from thy troubles which thou art in, whilst here in this world, dwelling in the tabernacle of clay. 4. Consider how it goes with friends and relations, yet it will go well with thee. Ecclesiastes 8, verse 12. However it goes with the wicked, yet I know, Mark, yet I know, saith he, that it shall go well with them that fear the Lord, that fear before him. And therefore let this in the first place cause thee cheerfully to exercise thy patience under all the calamities, crosses, troubles, and afflictions that may come upon thee. And by patience, continuance in well-doing, to commit both thyself and thine affairs and actions into the hands of God through Jesus Christ as to a faithful Creator who is true to His word and loveth to give unto thee whatsoever He hath promised to thee. 5. And therefore to encourage thee while thou art here with comfort to hold on for all thy crosses in this thy journey, be much in considering the place that thou must go into so soon as dissolution comes. It must be into heaven, to God the judge of all, to an innumerable company of angels, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, and to Jesus, to the Redeemer, who is the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaks better things for thee than Abel's did for Cain. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 22, 23, and 24. Consider that when the time of the dead, that they shall be raised, is come, then shall thy body be raised out of the grave and be glorified, and be made like to Jesus Christ. Philippians 3:21. O excellent condition! When Jesus Christ shall sit on the throne of his glory, you shall also sit with him. 
even when he shall sit on the throne of his glory. Oh, will not this be glorious, that one thousand and thousands of thousands shall be arraigned before the judgment seat of Christ, then for them to sit with him upon the throne, together with him to pass the sentence upon the ungodly. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 2 and 3. Will it not be glorious to enjoy those things that eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor hath entered into the heart of man to conceive? Will it not be glorious to have this sentence, Come ye, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you before the foundation of the world? Will it not be glorious to enter then with the angels and saints into that glorious kingdom? Will it not be glorious for thee to be in glory with them, while others are in inutterable torments. O then, how will it comfort thee to see thou hast not lost that glory, to think that the devil hath not got thy soul, that thy soul should be saved, and that not from a little, but a great exceeding danger, not with a little, but a great salvation. O therefore, let the saints be joyful in glory, let them triumph over all their enemies, let them begin to sing heaven upon earth, triumph before they come to glory, even when they are in the midst of their enemies, for this honor shall all his saints have. Psalm 149, verses 5-9 through Chapter 12, page 97 Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. Verse 29 In the verses foregoing, you see there is a discovery of the lamentable state of the poor soul that dies out of Christ, and the special favor of God, and also how little the glorious God of heaven doth regard and take notice of their most miserable condition. Now in this verse he doth magnify the words which were spoken to the people by the prophets and apostles. They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. As if he should say, Thou askest me that I should send Lazarus back again into the world, to preach to them that live there, that they might escape that doleful place that thou art in. What needs that? Have they not Moses and the prophets? Have they not had my ministers and servants sent unto them, as coming from me? I sent Enoch and Noah, Moses and Samuel. I sent David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, and the rest of the prophets, together with Peter, Paul, John, Matthew, James, Jude, with the rest. Let them hear them. What they have spoken by divine inspiration I will own, whether it be for the damnation of those that reject, or the saving of them that receive their doctrine. And therefore, what need have they that one should be sent unto them in another way? They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Let them receive their word and close in with the doctrine declared by them. The things that I shall observe from hence are these. 1. That the scriptures spoken by the holy men of God are a sufficient rule to instruct a salvation, them that do assuredly believe and close in with what they hold forth. They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. That is, if they would escape that doleful place and be saved, indeed from the intolerable pains of hellfire as they desire, they have that which is sufficient to counsel them. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them be instructed by them. Let them hear them. For all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? 
that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished to all good works. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17 Do but mark these words. All scripture is profitable. All. Take it where you will, in what place you will. All is profitable. For what? That the man of God, or he that is bound for heaven, should instruct others in their progress thither. It is profitable to instruct him in case he be ignorant, to reprove him in case he transgress, to correct him if he hath need of it, to confirm him if he be wavering. It is profitable for doctrine, and all this in a very righteous way, that the poor soul may not only be helped, but thoroughly furnished, not only to some, but to all good works. And when Paul would counsel Timothy to stick close to the things that are sound and sure, presently he puts him upon the scripture, saying, Thou hast from a child known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The scriptures hold forth God's mind and will, his love and mercy towards man, and also the creature's carriage towards him from first to last. So if thou wouldst know the love of God in Christ to sinners, then... Search the scriptures, for they are they that testify of him. Wouldst thou know what thou art, and what is in thine heart? Then search the scriptures, and see what is written in them. Romans 3, verses 9 through 18. Chapter 1, verses 29 through 31. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. Genesis 6, verse 5. And chapter 8, verse 21. And Ephesians 4, verse 18 along with many others. The scriptures, I say, are able to give a man perfect instruction into any of the things of God necessary to faith and godliness, if he have but an honest heart seriously to weigh and ponder the several things contained in them. As to instance, in things more particular, for the further clearing up of this. And first, if we come to the creation of the world, wouldst thou know somewhat concerning that then read Genesis 1 and 2 and compare them with Psalm 33 verse 6 also Isaiah 66 verse 2 and Proverbs 3 towards the end. Wouldst thou know whether he made them of something or nothing? Read Hebrews 11 verse 3. Wouldst thou know whether he put forth any labor in making them as we do in making things? Read Psalm 33 verse 6. If thou wouldst know whether man was made by God, corrupt or upright, read Ecclesiastes 7, verse 29, Genesis chapter 1, verses 10, 18, 25, and 31. This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reform books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780 780- Four five zero thirty seven thirty by fax at seven eight zero four six eight ten ninety six or by mail at forty seven ten dash thirty seven A Avenue Edmonton that's E D 
M-O-N-T-O-N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L3T5. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, from his commentary on Jeremiah 7.31, writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. And if this principle is adopted by the Papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the Papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important. When he says that God had commanded no such thing, and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.